I'm Coach Corey Wayne, and this is my video coaching newsletter. And the topic of today's newsletter is going to be the art of the deal. What we're going to talk about today is Donald Trump's book, The Art of the Deal. No, I'm just kidding. Actually, what we're going to talk about is negotiating and putting deals together, not only in your personal life, but also your professional life. And we're going to discuss is negotiation principles. And I got a really great, really short, concise success story from a guy who says he started following me about six months ago and he says when he was started following me he was almost literally begging women to pay attention to him compared to the way things are today where he's literally able to approach women anytime any place in anywhere and what often happens is they'll actually take his phone number down and give him a call and ask him out and on top of that, they know that he's dating other women. This guy has completely undergone a paradigm shift in how he looks at himself, how he values himself, and how he interacts with the world and obviously especially with women. And on top of that email success story, I got about 12 Instagram quotes on this that are kind of related to this topic that I'm going to go through. These are some recent Instagrams I posted over the last few months. They're really great and apply to what we're going to be discussing in today's video. So I have a quote that I wrote on this topic of negotiation, which is going to be kind of the theme for putting the deal a deal together. As I'm actually in the process right now of putting a real estate deal together for myself that I've been working on off and on for almost the better part of a year now. And so you'll see, I'll, I'll talk about little tidbits of what I've gone in and a couple other deals, big deals that I've been putting together. At least big deals for me. These aren't billion dollar deals. But the point being is that it's really nice as a human being to be able to come up with a vision for what you want to achieve, to know what your outcome is, to come up with a compelling reason for it, and to actually make that happen. Very few people in the world are able to get the kind of deals they want in their personal and their professional lives. And if you follow the things I teach, you will run circles around the people that you know in your life. I get emails all the time from guys that are telling me, I got my dream job. I got a raise. I got the woman of my dreams. I got my I got my girlfriend back or I got my wife back or whatever it happens to be. I, knew, I moved to a new city and it's really cool to see how people are taking these things that I teach in my book and using it to negotiate on their behalf. So the quote that I wrote says, negotiation and making great deals is an art. Good deal makers negotiate to win and get what they want. Great world class deal makers negotiate win-win deals where all involved parties get their needs met. In deal making, you must have a vision and know what your outcome is. You also must have an emotionally compelling reason for your vision and outcome. Before beginning negotiations, you must know what your minimum acceptable terms of a deal are and what you will walk away from. Great deals are much easier and more likely to happen when you make the effort to influence the other parties to like and trust you before negotiations. That's where things like how to win friends and influence people come in. 
where you develop your people building or your rapport building skills. Obviously, my book is very heavy into that because obviously if you're trying to influence a woman to negotiate a date with you, if you will, you got to be good at getting her to like you and to trust you. And that really comes from being a great listener and being sincerely interested in who they are as a human being. I mean, it's nice to have somebody that knocks your fucking socks off, but if you can't carry a conversation with them or it just doesn't flow, it's like, why would you want to spend any time with them? It's an absolute waste. The idea is you want somebody that's physically appealing to you, but also mentally, emotionally, and spiritually aligned with you as well because you're going to have a hell of a lot more fun. Things are going to be a lot easier and you're going to feel better and they're going to feel better because both of you are in it to win it, if you will, together. Endeavor to meet the needs of all parties so everyone can win and get what they want. If a win-win deal is not possible at the present time, you must walk away and communicate that you are open to resumption of negotiations if the other parties change their position to more favorably match your outcomes. Never get emotionally attached to your outcome or winning. It's just business. Some deals take longer to materialize and are only possible when circumstances change in the future. Being infinitely patient pays huge dividends in the long run. And if you're negotiating a real estate deal or some kind of a business deal, the best deals are going to be ones where you have what's called a motivated seller, if you will. Like one of the a deal that I negotiated, my partners and I. This is going back, this is like 15, 16 years ago. It was a two and a half million dollar deal for an office building, and we are we were like in a 1,600 square foot place. And we needed something much bigger, but I knew in two to three years' time, we would really need a lot of space. So I didn't want to lease a space for maybe two, three, four thousand square feet, and then in another year or two, be right back where I was because we were growing so fast, growing, in other words, having to move again. So I wanted to get a place that we could grow into. And I found this office building that was about 10,000 square feet, and it had been sitting on the market for like a year, year and a half. Things weren't really moving in the commercial market and we really weren't in a position to go and buy a two and a half million dollar building commercial building and put 30 percent down on it and so what i looked for when i was looking through all the different properties is i wanted somebody who the property had been sitting on the market for a while and obviously because they're going to be more motivated and as i was looking through the listings and seeing the terms sellers motivated that's somebody who is going to be more flexible to what we're, we have to offer, which was we had terms and we had some cash to offer, but we weren't going to go and, and qualify for a big mortgage or anything like that. And plus, we didn't want to put, tie up that kind of capital. I mean, you figure two and a half million dollar office building, you know, you're thirty percent, you know, you're six, seven, seven hundred something thousand dollars. You got to put down on a commercial loan for something like that so the deal that we ended up putting together and when i first approached my partners they're like we can't afford a two 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 and a half million dollar office building you're crazy i was like 
we're going to negotiate a deal based upon terms. And so the deal that we ended up negotiating on this particular piece of real estate was we put about $70,000 down and we did what was called a lease option, an option to purchase the property. And so basically what we did is we put 70 grand down and we negotiated to get six months worth of rent for free, which was great. That helped us cash flow wise because I had to hire people, had to train people. And so we had six months to kind of gear up financially, cash flow wise, to get our business in a position. So once those big rental payments, I mean, we were paying, I think it was like seventeen, eighteen hundred dollars a month in rent. So the deal we ended up negotiating was about like seventy thousand down. And what we did was a lease purchase for about three years. And I remember before we went and sat down for the final negotiation, I had numbers that I wanted to get for rent in the first year, the second year, and the third year. And you know, I was just kind of making some notes here before we did the video. And like my walk away numbers at the time were like twelve thousand a month for rent the first year, fifteen thousand a month for the second year. And the third year was like something like eighteen, nineteen thousand a month, and so obviously that's that's the breaking point. But we ended up getting, I think it was about eight thousand a month, so four thousand a month less than our walkway point for the first year. Twelve thousand instead of the fifteen thousand for the the second year, and then sixteen instead of the eighteen. So we did better than what we were expecting and on top of that we put about fifty thousand dollars and just some renovation some stuff in the building when we first moved in to put a couple walls up and things of that nature painted and and made the place because it was a little little rundown a little little beat up in some of the areas like the lobby and the bathrooms and stuff and then what was really cool is because we were doing a lease purchase it was a lease with an option to purchase we call it a lease purchase so when you do that, the seventy thousand down payment really is not so much a deposit; it's option money. In other words, that's what we use to purchase the right to buy the building after renting it for three years. So the seventy thousand dollar, and if we go through with the purchase, the seventy thousand we put down went towards the purchase price, the fifty thousand in renovations that also got applied towards the purchase price, and every penny that we paid in rent got applied towards the purchase price as well. So at the end of three years, when we went and got our, our loan from a normal bank, and we paid off something like six, $700,000 in equity, plus we had acquired a property next to it and combined the two together. So that in essence made up our down payment. So we had credit for everything. In, in essence, what it, the deal ended up working out to be was we financed that property. We got control of it and we financed it interest three, free for three years. I mean, it was a great deal. It's because, I mean, I think it took us a better part, probably eight or nine months from the time I started till the time we actually moved into this particular place. And you gotta be, like I was talking about in the quote, is that you got to be infinitely patient when it comes to a deal like the one I've just negotiated recently at least another really cool place on the ocean that you'll eventually down the road start seeing 
in videos, I made an offer on a property in this particular building back, I think it was like April or May of this year. And couldn't come to terms with the seller and I was like, fuck it. Now I walked away from it. And the property they ended up finally getting was, it's bigger, it's nicer, more amenities, and I got way, way better deal, way better terms, better view, better ocean, it's just all around a better deal. And one of the things I learned many years ago when I was in the construction industry and real estate, because we I was just constantly negotiating all the time when you're a GC and you're negotiating contracts on you know big deals, you get in the habit of everything is about negotiation. You know, you put a say you put a million dollars aside for landscaping on a big commercial property, and if you're able to find a con subcontractor that does it for say eight hundred thousand, that's two hundred thousand that you can less than what you had budgeted for, and so that money goes towards obviously your profit at the end of the job. So it's like it's really important before you start negotiating anything. It's the same thing when it comes to dating and women is that you got what are the terms you're willing to put up with and what are you willing to walk away with? You don't do maybe dates. You're either in or you're out. When you ask for a phone number and a woman says, hey, how about you give me your business card? It's like, no. It's like I'm, I want somebody who's really into me, who's excited, who's like, wow, this guy asked me out. I really like this guy. If there's no enthusiasm. I don't think so. I'm going to walk away from that. Oh, you want to friend zone? Oh, you want to be friends first? It's like, no, that doesn't work for me either. You got to be willing to walk away, but you got to know all these things ahead of time. And that's why I go through such detail about this in my book is because when you have these principles of what you – deep down, we all want what we want, but how many of us sacrifice? Okay, well, all right, well I'll be friends for a while and then when she sees how awesome I am – I'll get out of friend zone. We'll be lovers. And we'll be ha- live happily ever after. It's like no, it doesn't fucking work that way. Because when you compromise your principles, when you compromise your value, and especially when you go along with terms that aren't that desirable, you're going to fucking resent it. And women know they can feel that. They can sense that when a guy is agreeing to something that deep down he really doesn't want to fucking agree to. And so with that in mind, from because it's like if you look at what I teach in my book, a lot of it is sales skills. A lot of it is negotiation techniques that you're going to use in your personal life, especially for obviously many of you who are watching this that came to me originally because you were having a problem in your, your personal life. And when you become good at negotiating your personal life, just like I talk about in the book, you'd be amazed at how that spills over into other aspects of your life when it comes to negotiating a raise or maybe a headhunter con- contacts you and wants to offer you another job. It's just knowing what you want. In other words, if you're going to change jobs, you don't want to just change and get the same kind of income. You want to get more income. You want to get more responsibility. You want to get more opportunity for growth. You want a better company with better culture. All around, you want to improve your situation. It's the same thing when it comes to your personal life. Maybe when you start out, you're not dating the kind of caliber of person that deep down you feel you really want or you really deserve, but you got to learn. You got to fumble through it. That's how obviously 
you get better and you arrive at a place like where this particular guy. So let's let's go through this guy's email and then I'm going to go through the Instagram quotes. He says, hey, Corey, you rock, man. For the past 10 years, my pickup skills have gone down and I started to act needy and kind of stroking women out of desperation. So you were using compliments as a bribe for sex in a relationship. Obviously, that doesn't work too well. He says, just by saying the wrong thing, not listening and not concentrating on my purpose in life as a man. I see this all the time. Having a great personal life is a side effect of having a great life that you're proud of. If you don't love your life and you're not proud of it, if you're not proud of what you're doing for a living or what you're striving to create, your empire that you're building, if you will, you're not going to be that happy. If you're not that happy and you're not that excited about your life, how are you going to get a woman excited? It's going to be really fucking difficult. And so instead of making the woman as your outcome of your objective, your outcome needs to be your purpose, your mission in life, your whole reason for getting up in the morning. Because part of having a great, well-rounded life that you love and you enjoy, it gives a woman to come in and be excited about co-creating with you in your life. That's why... It's Again, it's a side effect of you being your best self. In other words, you're becoming the kind of person that you want to attract by focusing on yourself and living your life and filling it up with friends and family and the kind of social activities that are really fun and really compelling to you. Because in the process of living your life, you'll simply encounter other like-minded people along the way. That's why for many of you that have been in relationships, it's like, God, it's like I'm getting hit on all the time when I have a girlfriend or I'm married and then as soon as I'm single, it's like, where would all the girls go? It's a completely different vibe. When you're abundant, when you have plenty of something, it's like when you have lots of money, everybody wants to lend you money. But when you don't have much money, bankers, they don't want anything to do with you. And it's the same thing if you're looking for a job and you don't know how to negotiate on your behalf and you don't know the things I teach and how to get any job you want and you haven't been able you haven't worked in a year or two you're going to be really desperate but if you go in there with the approach of what is this company offering me what's their culture like what are the managers like what are the opportunity for advancement like is it a stable company is it really well run what are the chances that it's going to continue to grow and expand in the future You're going to be asking questions. You're not going to be in a desperate, please give me a job. You're going to be like, well, what do you guys have? What's your culture like? What are your managers like? What's the owner of the company like? You're going to want to know these things. And so therefore, you're going to be asking questions. Instead of trying to sell them on why they need, why they should give you a job, by flipping the script and asking questions, they then, because everybody loves to talk about themselves, and I mean, I, I recently I had a problem with a vendor, a very big, multi-billion-dollar company, and I was dealing with their customer service the other day, and I was just like, I fucking had enough. I looked up online and I found the CEO's email, and I emailed the fucking CEO, and within like three hours, CEOs of multi-billion-dollar companies don't like to get emails from clients, telling them 
some part of their business and how it's fucked up and why it's fucked up and why it needs to change. He had somebody on his executive team contact me personally, call me on my cell phone and got it handled, got it resolved because the people who were supposed to handle it, it was so compartmentalized. They're like, well, we can't solve it. Sorry, there's nothing we can do. I went right to the fucking CEO. I didn't even fuck around. And I got what I wanted. Got to talk to the right people. So he says, I'm, I'm in my early 40s and I purchased your book six months ago and I'm on my ninth time reading it and it has changed my life. I have an abundance amount of women and that I'm doing anything I please with them. As a matter of fact, they know that I am lining them up and they do not care. They still want to see me because he's a valuable commodity and he's not attached. He's like – Hey, this is who I am. I'm not looking to just jump into a relationship or anything. I'm, I've got lots of options and I want to take my time. And if I'm going to get serious, I'm only going to get serious with somebody who's really cool, who's really flexible, who's a giver, who's really easy to get along with, who's a great communicator. I'm going to take my time. And guys who have lots of choices, lots of options, get lots of offers. In other words, the best place to be is multiple offers. It's like the, that commercial building. They didn't have any offers, so they were really flexible and really motivated, and we negotiated a killer deal just like the one that I was talking about I just negotiated. I mean I'm thinking I'm paying close to a third of what normally this property gets rent-wise because of the terms that I negotiated on it. He says, I can't believe that I don't have to do anything to get women. No pursuing, just have a good time and enjoy the outings. I don't accept maybe dates anymore and I don't do friendship favors to women that I like. And Corey, women dig that response. Scarcity creates value. You're in a very loving way, in a non-attached way. You're presenting to the world, this is who I am. This is my truth. This is how I live my life. And if you're cool with it, awesome. Let's go spend some time together. And if you're not, hey, I wish you all the best in your search. Give me a call if you change your mind. In other words, that's the walk away point. Here's what I want. You're not down with it? Well, call me if you change your mind. And a lot of times women will think about it and go – because they've never had a guy do that to them before, walk away like that, especially if they're really hot and they're really used to getting their way and they come across a guy they actually have to work for, they'll value him more. Anything in life, when we have to work for it and it's hard, whether it's a business or anything in life, we really value and appreciate it more when we got to work for it a little bit. I use the power of the takeaway when a woman flakes and the outcome of that is a definite date always. I approach women in pubs, malls, and social circuits on the sole purpose to talk, meet, and laugh. Just like I talk about in the article I did several years ago, how to get women to approach you first. You're out living your life, having a good time with the people that you're with. And if you happen to meet a really cool chick, great. If you happen to meet somebody that becomes a client down the road, that's great too. If you happen to come across somebody and they become a lifelong friend, 
that's okay. You're just living your life. You're not out like, gee, I want to meet a new best friend today. I'm going to live my life and have a great time and look at all these things that happen as a side effect of focusing on me. I don't give the vibe of hunger for sex, etc. and they ask for my phone number and most of the time they call me and ask me out. I swear it's the truth. Well, for any of you that have applied to things that I teach my book, you see that it works for you. That's the and that's why I don't have to twist somebody's arm to I'm not begging for business. I got more business than I want. And therefore, when I do coaching with people, I'm talking to people who really want to talk to me, who are really appreciative and really gracious and really kind, and they're great listeners, and it gives me a great experience, and it gives them a great experience as well. So with that said, I've got a, a bunch of – these are Instagram quotes, and you, you can see them, Coach Corey Wayne, on my Instagram feed for those of you that aren't following me there. This one is from Joe Montana. He's obviously a Hall of Fame NFL quarterback. When I was growing up in the 80s, he was the man when it came to QBs. And he said, winners, I am convinced, imagine their dreams first. In other words, they have a vision. They know what their outcome is. They visualize it. They imagine. They, de- they daydream about it. They want it with all their heart and they expect it to come true. There is, I believe, no other way to live. Just like the deal that I just negotiated recently. I've been working on this thing better part of a year now. Finally got got the kind of place that I want and it's a better deal than I started out with. And it all comes because I'm patient, I know what I want, I got a vision, and I know what my walkaway numbers are. And pretty much every negotiating I've ever had, like in this one especially, like the other day, about a week ago, I told my brother, I was like, this is it, dude. This is what I want. You know, If he doesn't agree to it, then you can give me my deposit back and we'll look for another property. I don't fucking care. I like the property, but I don't need the property. Very important distinction. 24 hours later, dude totally changed his tune. It's very powerful. He was a motivated seller. And this one is from Bill Walsh, who was actually Joe Montana's quarterback. And he said, almost always your road to victory goes through a place called failure. Well, looking at that real estate, commercial real estate deal that I did 15, 16 years ago, I think there was probably two or three properties that I made offers on or that just really didn't work out. But because I knew my outcome, I had a vision, I, I knew what I wanted, eventually came across somebody who was a motivated seller. Just like this guy that I negotiated a real estate deal this, this past week. First deal fell through back in April and I was patient and then another unit came available and I got the deal that I wanted. I got a better deal than the first one. The place is even bigger. Has more bedrooms, more amenities, nicer from the way it's decked out and built. And it's like same thing when it comes to your personal life and who you're going to date, who you're going to spend, who you're going to have relationships with. When you settle, at some point, you might be able the first couple of weeks, first couple of months, you're like, hey, this is great, but after a while, 
if this person is lacking something that's really important to you, that's really important as far as your values and your goals, as the months go by, you're going to start to have buyer's remorse, especially if you got into a relationship with them and you they weren't what you really wanted because you were afraid you wouldn't find it. Again, you got to be willing to walk away because at the end of the day, life's too short. You're never going to be happy when you settle. This one is from Jack Dempsey. He was an American boxer and he said, a champion is someone who gets up when he can. How many people when they run into an obstacle or a difficulty or a challenge just throw their hands up and say, fuck it, I can't do it, it's not in the cars, I'll never get the deal I want. Just like my one of my business partners, like, there's no way we can afford a $2 million property, we can't do that. I was like, we can do a lease purchase and do it on terms. All we gotta do is find a motivated seller. And this quote is one of my favorites. It's from Lao Tzu. And I've been thinking about this one a lot lately. And it says, The Tao is unpredictable to those that live according to plans. Only those who have no agenda are in harmony with the Tao. In other words, that commercial deal 15, 16 years ago, I could have gotten all pissed off those first two or three that didn't go through and said fuck it it's just we're never going to be able to get the kind of office building we want we're just going to have to rent something then i would have gone and rented something and all that money we invested in rental payments and then plus the appreciation when we sold it we all made like myself my partners we each walked away with like a little over half a million dollars from that deal that was fun. That would have, I would have, that would have been half a million dollars. I would have never fucking made. So between the three of us, that was one point five million dollars in profit that would have never been made if I'd have been all butthurt and upset when that first deal, first deal or two fell through, and I would have just said fuck it and gone and rented someplace and just burned my rent money up. And same thing with this one. I didn't get the deal I wanted back in April, and it was a really cool unit, but the one I got now is even better. It's like if you let the un- if you give the universe time, if you stay, that's why it's so important. What is your outcome? What is most important to you and why is it important to you? And when you stick to that, eventually with enough time and enough patience, you will get what you want. It's always worked out for me. It's not a matter of hope. It's simply a matter of time. This one's from Christopher Reeve. He was he was an American actor who, in a horse riding accident, he got thrown off his horse and landed on his head and broke his neck. He said, "A hero is an ordinary individual who finds the strength to persevere and endure in spite of overwhelming obstacles." Dude was pretty inspirational. Considered he couldn't talk, he couldn't move anything when he first got injured. This one's from Joel Osteen. He's a uh, televangelist, American preacher. Like when it comes to quotes, I look at the wisdom. I don't. It's like I see sometimes when I post these quotes, whether it's Instagram or I talk about it on my YouTube videos or I post it on Facebook. People look at who the person is that said it and they fucking flip out or freak out and have a fucking cow about it. I'm looking at the wisdom. What can I learn from this combination of words? How can these words help me? achieve what I want to achieve. If you're going to do anything great in life, there will be opposition, setbacks, delays, and critics. Focus on the goal. 
Focus on your outcome. This one is from Edgar Casey, and I really like this. It really talks about resonating, things resonating with what is in your heart. And whenever I've ignored that little inner voice, things haven't worked out too well. And when I've followed what felt right, it's never once has it steered me wrong. When it came to jobs, negotiating deals, when it came to who I did, when it came to the people that I had friends with, when it came to potentially working with clients or firing a client if I didn't like the way they were treating me or talking to me or talking to my staff. And this is this is like a universal truth. And he said, if the ideal is prompted by truth, it will bring contentment, peace, harmony, and the light. In other words, if it's aligned with your heart and your outcome, it'll feel right. You'll have a sense of peace about it. You'll know. You'll have certainty. And if that's missing, you need to keep moving and keep searching and keep looking. Don't be like the average person. As soon as they run into the first fucking obstacle, they throw their hands up. They start looking for a way to gain some certainty and settle and they want the quick fucking fix. If you can let go of your need for the quick fix in anything in life, every area of your life will change for the better. This one's from Bob Parsons. He's the founder and CEO of GoDaddy. Guy's an entrepreneur, obviously a very successful multimillionaire. He says, almost nothing works the first time it's attempted. Just because what you're doing does not seem to be working doesn't mean it won't work just means that it might not work the way you're doing it. If it was easy, everyone would do it, would be doing it, and you wouldn't have an opportunity. This one is a Navy SEAL model. Really great, great quote, one of my favorites. And it says, even when the mission seems impossible, it is the strength of our belief that makes success possible. The absence of this belief guarantees failure. You know, many guys come to me and they, they never know what it's like to date the kind of woman that knocks their fucking socks off and who feels the same way. They've never most guys will never experience what that's like. And so I honor people that have they take a leap of faith, if you will, buy my book or they start reading it for free on my website by subscribing to my newsletter or they download the audible com version and they apply it and what's cool about the, what's in my book is the more you apply it the more you start to see that the universal truths that are in my book they work that builds your confidence and as your confidence grows the quality of the person you're able to attract is also going to grow it's about reaching your full potential I mean think about it what is the point of having desire for a certain type of person and then never getting to experience what it's like to be with that kind of person or having desire to have a certain type of job or a career or a business and never being able to experience that. That's a fucking tragedy. Continuous effort, not strength or intelligence is the key to unlocking our potential. This is one from Leanne Cortez. She's a self-help author. Really cool. And continuous effort, not strength or intelligence, is the key to unlocking our potential. Most people just fucking give up 
the first sign of trouble. This one is from Benjamin Disraeli. He was a British politician and writer, and he twice served as the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. And he said, the secret of success is constancy to purpose. In other words, being perpetually committed day in, day out, week after week, month after month, year after year, decade after decade to your purpose and mission in life. And this one is from one of the great American businessmen of today, from Carl Icahn, also a friend and buddy of Donald Trump. And what I like about Carl Icahn, if you ever, he's a blue collar dude from Brooklyn. He speaks his mind. He's got no fucks to give. He speaks his truth. He doesn't care what you think. He is a total alpha male. He says, in life and business, there are two cardinal sins. The first is to act precipitously, without thought, and the second is to not act at all. If you're looking for a quick fix, if you're looking to solve or get yourself out of pain and just run away from something because you had a failure, that's not going to help you achieve your outcomes. Or when you have an opportunity, not doing anything about that opportunity. And I think it was Ralph Waldo Emerson said that fear ruins more people's dreams than anything else in life. Definitely something to think about. So if you would like to get my help personally to help you in a personal or a professional negotiation so you can achieve your outcomes, go to my website, click the products tab at the top of your screen on any page of my website and just follow the instructions for booking a coaching session with yours truly and I will talk to you soon.